This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is your 1001 Stories Network host, John Hagedorn. And I want to thank each and every one of you listeners for the support you've given 1001 Stories from the Old West. Kevin Sykes will return in the fall with a bunch of great Old West history. But during the meantime, we'll be running episodes of the old radio show, Tales of the Texas Rangers, which features actual stories from the files of the Texas Rangers from about 1936 through the late 40s. This show did very well from 1950 to 52 on NBC Radio and was successful in transitioning to TV on CBS from 1955 to 1958. I especially enjoy the episodes where they go after them on horseback. That still happens today in rough country where they need to go after fugitives on horseback, keeping America's past alive. It's time for another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. Hope you enjoy it. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, the Cactus Pear. It is 4 p.m. the afternoon of March 28, 1947. Robert Coots, a new hand on the Triangle Ranch, is repairing a fence on the southeast range. He stops as a rider approaches. Oh, oh, boy. oh! Howdy, Breck. Oh, and howdy, me, Coots. Well, I see you finally got my job. I got a job because there was one open. If you left it open, that's your worry, I reckon, not mine. You've been making up to the old man trying to get me fired ever since you came into this country. That ain't so, and you know it. I've been looking for work, yeah. But you didn't get fired on my account. You got sacked because you can't leave a bottle alone. Sounds like you're calling me a liar. I ain't calling you anything. I'm just telling you. Now, how about clearing off? You telling me to clear off this range? All right, I'll get... But before I do, I'm going to whip your tail, Coots. You better not try it, Breck, because you ain't about to whip my tail. Oh, wait, I... You ain't. Now, 
Clear off, like I told you. Don't come back. Ain't gonna be no need for me to come back. Put that shotgun down. Get away from me. Get away. Here's the other barrel for good measure. All right, boy. Come on, get up. Get up. The body of ranch hand Robert Coots was discovered by the owner of the ranch next day when he rode out to search for the missing rider. He summoned the sheriff, and the sheriff called for the assistance of a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. You say you spotted the buzzards this morning, Mr. Galt? Yeah, yeah, and I found Coots. From look of him, he must have been shot sometime yesterday. Thought I heard a shotgun yesterday afternoon. Should have rode out then. Why didn't you? Uh, Sheriff, you know, we've been having a time with the coyotes and mountain cats lately. I just figured one of my hands must have spotted one and cut loose. Coots was fixing a break in the fence, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Might have known something was wrong when Coots didn't come back to the ranch last night. The spot's just up ahead where my deputy's standing. Yeah, I can see the body now. Anybody been stealing cattle around here lately, Sheriff? Oh, a few head now and then, Chase. Nothing big. Coots might have run into somebody doing it, though. Might have. Here we are. Oh, boy. Oh, Charlie. Oh, boy. Howdy, Sheriff. Hi there. Yeah. Tie the horses off the fence here. I don't want them tramping around near the body. Good All idea. Right. Uh, Coots with you a long time, Mr. Galt? No, Reggie, no. Hired him on less than a week ago. He was new around here, Chase. Only been here about a month, all told. You ever say where he came from? Yep. Yep, over around Marfa. Hit with both barrels, Jace. Once through the stomach, once through the head. Yeah. It was on the ground when the second charge hit him, though. Look, some of the shot clipped the grass. Yeah. yeah. Killer's horse stopped here, too. Looks like. Coots yeah. must have had a fist fight with the man who killed him. How do you figure that, Jace? A little dried blood on the grass here. Scuffle marks and some of the blades pressed down as though somebody had been lying here. Yeah, Coots was shot, though. Might be his blood, you know. Yeah, but his wounds, he was killed instantly. He didn't move 15 feet and then back again after getting blasted like that. Come on. All right. Yeah, what you looking for? Horse moved off this way. Prince mixed right in with some of your herd. They were grazing around here and then took off mighty sudden. See here where they... Dug in to get started? Yeah, that could mean a cattle thief, all right, chasing the stock, Jace. We'll find out. Let's get back to the horses and follow this trail. All right, this is far enough. Whoa, Charlie. Hold up. Hold up. Whoever it was, he wasn't trying to steal cattle following the herd tracks so the trail of his horse wouldn't stand out clear. Uh, I don't see how you can tell that. Well, herd moved uprange toward the mesa. Anybody stealing them would have been driving them to the south fence where the state road is. Have to get them to a truck to get them away. Yeah, but what made them run then, Chase? A well, shotgun must have stampeded them. If they'd been driven, someone would have left marks where they cut out to get away from the rider. And the rider would have left tracks cutting after them. Ah, I see what you mean. But shouldn't we keep on trailing them, though? Yeah, but not this way. He was headed for rocky ground near the mesa, trying to lose anybody who might follow him. He's smart. I don't get your plan. Well, he was careful leaving here after he killed a man. He mightn't have been so careful riding in before he killed. 
He'll backtrack the trail he took getting here and might tell us where he came from. That makes sense, Jace. Let's go. Hey, up, boy. Hey, uh, Ranger, can I have the body picked up by the funeral house now? Yeah, but even an autopsy isn't going to tell us much. Oh? I thought you could tell a lot from the shot that killed somebody. That uh, ballistic stuff, you know. Not so much with a shotgun. Barrels are smooth bore. Don't leave rifle marks, but... Hey, hold it. What'd you find, Ranger? These. Empty 16-gauge shotgun shells. Killer might have ejected them here to reload his shotgun in case he ran into trouble. Well, can you tell anything with those? If we find the gun they came from, we might be able to match the way the hammer hits the shell. Yeah, if we find the shotgun. Every rancher and cowpoke in the county must have one. The sheriff and I backtracked on the approach the killer had used to get to the Triangle Ranch owned by Galt. But we came to a dead end. Well, Chase, guess this is as far as we go. Can't follow him on pavement or the gravel road shoulder. Yeah, rode out from town. That's too bad. I was hoping he'd come from a ranch someplace. Would have narrowed us down to one spot. Nothing much we can do now except go around examining shotguns. One other thing first. A couple of deep tracks in that ditch off the road. Must have had rain here recently. Yeah, day four yesterday. That's why he left such a clear print there yesterday then. I want to get a kit for my radio car and drive back here. What for? Take a couple of photographs of that print. Make a plaster impression of it. Help us to identify the horse if we find him. We took the cast and headed for town. To check every horse in the territory would have been impossible, so I had to gamble on a shortcut. Howdy, Ranger. Sheriff. Howdy. Howdy. Hey, uh, mind dropping that hammer a minute and taking a look at this? Sure thing. Hey, what is it? Plaster cast. Shoe print of a left hind hoof. You remember making a shoe like this, Ed? Common plate, sir. It was caulked or something I might remember, but I don't know. I know it's a tough one, but all shoes are a little different. We're in different places. Hoofs have to be fitted for slightly different shapes. That's true, all right. If I come across that shoe now, after seeing the cast, I might recognize it. Good. I'm going to leave this cast here. If anybody brings in a horse to be shod, and the left hind hoof looks like the cast, don't touch it until you call us. You're right glad to have. Keep my eyes open. Any other blacksmiths around here, Sheriff? Oh, not for over 50 miles. We going looking for that gun now? You start on it. I'm going to pay another visit to the Triangle Ranch. I want to talk with Mr. Galt again. Here in a minute, Ranger. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Turn on the rest of the irrigation pumps, will you? Okay. That's fine. Good. Uh, what was it you wanted to know? I asked you if Coot seemed nervous, like he'd been running away from something or somebody he was afraid might catch up with him. Uh, no, I can't say he did. All he was anxious about was finding a job. Seemed like good workers, so when I had an opening, I took him on regular. Oh. One of your hands leave? I know, no. You see, I, I had to fire a pope named Harvey Breck. Fired him, huh? Why? Uh, drinking, making trouble in the bunkhouse, not doing his work. Did this Breck know Coots? Yeah, just been seeing him around. 
How did Brick take it when you told him he was fired? Well, he was kind of drunk. Cussed me out a little. Is that all? Yep. yep. I paid him off, give him an extra month like I do with any hand I have to let go. He seemed all right after that. You know where this Breck is living now? Here he's bunked up in one of them deserted Dobie huts by the old Quicksilver mine. Roads washed out, though. All the huts are empty since mine stopped operating. Uh, why, Ranger? You gonna see him? I sure intend to. Back through town, picked up the sheriff, and we rode our horses out to the abandoned mine. I've checked a hundred guns today, Chase. Every tough or near tough I could think of. No good, though, huh? No, no hammer marks like the one we're looking for. You fire the guns to get a test shell for comparison? Sure. But I swear none of them was the gun we want. I kept the most likely ones and labeled them for you, though. Good. We can add one more when we test Breck's gun. And here are the shacks now. Oh, boy. Oh, charcoal. Oh. Must be that one. Little smoke's coming up the chimney. There's Brick. Heard us coming. You fellas looking for. Oh. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, Brick. Ranger wants a few words with you. Okay. Mind if we come inside? All right. I reckon you know that somebody killed the man who took your place over at the Triangle Ranch. Yes, yeah, so I heard. Happened Tuesday afternoon. Where were you? I was right here. Anybody who says I wasn't is a liar. Nobody said anything yet. Where's your shotgun? I don't have a gun. You don't, huh? And where's the gun you cleaned not long ago? I didn't click. Don't tell me you didn't. This oily rag in the corner says you did. This rag was used for cleaning a gun and nothing else. Better get the gun, Brick. We want to see it. Under the bunk. Sixteen gauge, double barrel. Yeah, loaded too. Hey, let me have it a minute. Let's match these with the shells you've been carrying, Sheriff. Hey, wait a minute. Shut up, you... Rick. Twins, all right, Sheriff. No doubt about these matching. Breck, we found these shells on the Triangle Ranch. Hammer marks match yours. And Coots was killed with a shotgun. Not that gun. Sure, you found shells from it on the Triangle Ranch because I worked on the Triangle Ranch, remember? You get laughed out of court with evidence like that. I fired a hundred shots out there. At coyotes. Your story could hold, Jace. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Because there's one other thing, Breck. We're all going to take a ride into town after I check the shoes on your horse. Now, that's real interesting, Ranger. Because if we're riding into town, you'll be packing me behind you. I don't own a horse. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Now we continue with tonight's case, The Cactus Pear, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Breck had us stopped and he knew it. 
His story about the coyotes and the empty shotgun shells covered him, and we didn't even have enough to take him in. We left him and headed back for town. If he is the one, Chase, we're going to have a time proving it. Gunn would have made a strong case against anybody who hadn't worked on the ranch, but he can alibi that. Yeah. You got something on your mind, Chase. What is it? He swore he hadn't been on the Triangle Ranch in a week since Galt fired him. Yeah. We can't prove otherwise. I don't know. If he did shoot at a coyote, it must have been before Galt fired him. That means those empty shells would have been lying out in the ground when it rained two days ago. Cardboard portion of the shells don't look like they'd been wet. The sun could have dried them out after the rain, Chase. Yeah, there's some metal on the shell, too. I'm going to send those shells through to the lab at Austin. You think they'll be able to tell if they've been out in the rain or not? Metal gets wet. There's got to be some oxidation. Lab will know whether there is or not. If there isn't, it'll mean the shells were fired in the past two days. Yeah, but he'd still stick to his story, Chase. You know how a jury is with scientific evidence. A little leery of it sometimes. I know we'll need more. I wasn't thinking of the shells as jury evidence. I was thinking of them as a time saver for us. Oh. If he's telling the truth, we'll have to start all over. But if he's lying, we'll have to trip him up. I sent the shells through to Austin, and while I waited for a report, I drove to Coot's old home at Marfa. He'd been well-liked there. No reason for anybody to follow him and kill him. It was a routine check, and on the way back, I got my report from Austin. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Have report from Austin Lab on exhibits submitted by Unit 10 for examination. Ready for it. Lab reports slight oxidation probably caused by brief exposure to normal night moisture. No evidence that shells were thoroughly soaked, though. No indication of such exposure in lab report. 10-4, Unit 10 clear. KDXA Austin. I drove back south as hard as I could. When I got near the Quicksilver mine, I took charcoal out of the trailer and rode onto the shack Breck had been using to make sure he was still around. Oh, boy. Oh, charcoal. Crack! Open up! I want to talk to you. All right. What do you want this time? I just want to make sure you're still around, that's all. Well, you see me, don't you? Yeah. I see something else, too. Looks like you've been packing a few things in there. That's my business, not yours. I'll make it my business if you try to leave this county. Now, look, Ranger, you've got nothing on me. You'd have taken me in before. If I want to move out of here, I reckon I can move. You try it. You'll hit the county jail so fast it won't even give your spurs time to rattle. Yeah, you're talking big, but you ain't got a charge to hold me on. Ain't no law against shooting coyotes. No, but there's a law against moving into a shack without the owner's permission. The mining company give you the right to live here? Yeah. That isn't going to be hard to check on. All right, then, Ranger, go back to town and check. Because until you do and get a warrant, you got no right in here. Have you? Okay, Brick. I'll be back. And you better be here. I got back to town as fast as I could. I had to have a minor charge to hold him on. As I pulled up to the sheriff's office, I found out I wasn't going to need it. Stay in the car, Jace. Why? What's up? You got here just in time. We're just heading for my car. Let's move. 
Which way? Straight ahead, blacksmith shop. He found the horse we've been looking for. Oh, boy. Oh, 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 there. Oh. Yeah. Here, Ranger, look. Just like the cast. Oh, oh, boy. You see this nick in the left hind shoe? This nail bent a little? Same as the impression on the cast. That's it, all right. Who owns him? Ranger, you're probably going to eat me out for this, but he's mine. Yours? You mean to say you couldn't recognize a shoe you fitted to one of your own horses? Well, that's a trouble, Ranger. I didn't show him. I only bought him a month ago, and I was just going to put new plates on him for the first time now. That's how come I just spotted the shoe. What were you doing out on the Triangle Ranch when Coots was killed? But, Ranger, I wasn't out there. Your horse was, last Tuesday. But I wasn't riding him. I loaned him out. You better tell us who you loaned him to. Well, I let Harvey Breck use him. What? Breck? Well, well, my wife can tell you. I'll call her. You don't have to call her. Come on, Sheriff. Let's go. stopped for the sheriff's horse, loaded him in the double trailer with charcoal, and then headed for the mine. We left the car at the washout, unloaded the horses, and rode to the adobe shack Breck was using. We got enough to take him in now, Chase. If he's still here, he was packing to leave. Look, he hasn't left yet. There's the hut he was using. Crack a light under the door. We're on time, then. Not much to spare. It's a cinch he figures to move out tonight. He won't move now. Stop here. Move. Move, charcoal. He isn't going to come easy, Sheriff. Watch out for that shotgun. He wants gunplay. He can have it. We'll know when he answers the door. All right, Breck. Open up. We know you're in there, Breck. Now, come on. Maybe waiting in there so he can nail us with that shotgun if we bust in. We can wait out here for you, Breck. Yeah. That light in there could keep us waiting all night if he's gone. You mean it's a trick to slow us up? We'll find out. Keep that door covered while I kick it in. Right. That was empty. Breck had made his getaway. We went over the ground outside to get his direction. It led toward rugged country, and we followed as fast as we could on horseback. Cutting back and forth to pick up his marks. Well, went up into these hills, Sheriff. We made some time. It was easy to trail this far, and he's on foot. Yeah, but we're going to be on foot, too, now. Why? He's headed for the border, Jace. Rio Grande's that way, but no horse can take this country between here and there. Oh, boy. Oh, charcoal. How far is it to the river? Forty miles of country the devil won't have, and we'll have to cover every inch of it on foot. Well, that's what he's doing. Come on, let's go. Hmm? We must be close to him by... Hey, look, Sheriff. That's him. Top on the ridge. Get to cover under that ledge. What? Humble the horses so they can move off and graze later. Are we going to get to him? Long way up that ridge and we'll be moving right into his sights. You go around that way. All right. Crawl and hug whatever cover you can find. Good. I'll go the other way and see if we can't circle in behind him. We moved slowly, inches at a time, up the side of the treacherous slope. It took almost an hour and it was just what Breck wanted. All right, don't move. That's you, Chase. Yes, Sheriff. Oh, 
Chase, he isn't here. Oh, of course he isn't. I should have figured his play. Only reason he fired from up here was to trick us into giving him time. Oh, sure it was. He's ahead of us with a night to cover him. We don't have horses to give us an edge anymore. Well, let's see if we can pick up his trail. But Chase, if we're going into this, we're going to need water. No time to go back for it now. We'll have to get it as we find it. If we find it. He's headed this way. Come on. We'll have to keep trail cutting. And it's going to be plenty rough. It's like the sheriff said. Country the devil wouldn't have. Breck was piling up a lead with every hour of the night. We have to cover two miles to his one, Jace. Every time we lose the trail, he gains ground. Yeah. Can't be helped. We get to the top of this ridge, and it may be the wrong one again, like the last two we climbed. Yeah. Well, be daylight in a couple of hours. We'll be able to spot his tracks better then, and we can move faster. Maybe we better rest until then. Can't. I'm counting on him having to rest. That's the only time we can make up on him. I reckon you're right, Chase. But it'll be another day and night of this without a wink and no guarantee we catch him at that. He may go any direction to make us cross. You want to rest a few hours while I go on ahead? If you're going, I'm going. Good. Come on. If we only knew which... Hold it, Sheriff. What? Scrub between the rocks. Here, throw your light on it. All right. <laughs> Look. Barely grown in the earth between the rocks. Yeah. Roots ripped out a little and exposed. Yeah. Fresh, too. <laughs> Grab the scrub to pull himself up. Good. Means we aren't climbing this one for nothing this time. No. Better keep on climbing. Almost 24 hours. Getting dark again, Jace. Yeah. And more mountains ahead. Here, wait. Lose them? No. No, cut over this way. Something on the ground by that cactus patch. Yeah. Dug for water again and hid it, too. Still wet. Yeah. <laughs> Dig a little. Get a drink for yourself. Knows the country, all right. Never misses. Seems to know just where to dig if there's even a mouthful of water. What you doing over there? He ate here. Rested, too. Cactus pear's been cut and skinned. Sun hasn't dried the skins out yet. He's only an hour or so ahead now. His tracks show he's slowing down. Still going fast enough to make that river sometime tonight, though. We'll be there, too, then. <laughs> Little water running up in this hole now, Chase. You better take him out for You've been in the canyon, Chase. The river's narrow there. How far? Less than half a mile away. Gotta run, then, Sheriff. Can you make it? Try. Look. His, his shotgun. 
Couldn't haul it any further. Lightening up to make his last run. I, I think I heard something ahead. Keep going. <laughs> We broke through the brush at the river. He was just wading in. Stop, Brack! I'll get him. Don't make me put a bullet in you, Brack. Yeah, you... You ain't taking me. Oh, yes, I am. Let go. Let go. I'm over the border. Not while you're still in the river. Let go, I said. Don't get him. Yeah. But you're going to have to help me. Drag him to shore. A few more feet, he'd have made it. He needed just a few more seconds. Just about as long as it took to eat a cactus pear. Harvey Breck was tried and convicted for the murder of Robert Coates. His sentence... 99 years. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. When the Allies invaded Normandy in World War II, they got an idea as to how far the fame of the Texas Rangers had spread. Both surrendering Nazis and liberated free French said they knew the war was as good as over because the Texas Rangers had landed. Of course, it was the heroic American Ranger troops who made the landings, but nothing could convince the Nazi war prisoners that these were not the terrible Texans they'd heard about in many American legends. Good night, folks. See you same time next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Wilms Herbert, Tom McKee, and Gerald Moore. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Monday means music on NBC. Tomorrow night... The Voice of Firestone presents a selection of melodies in the Christmas spirit with Metropolitan Opera star Jerome Hines, a soloist. The NBC Symphony brings you another one-hour concert featuring works by Vivaldi and Beethoven under the baton of the brilliant young conductor Guido Cantelli. Stay tuned for the $64 question with more good times on NBC. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, 
but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Christmas present. It is 2 p.m. December 21st. Four days before Christmas in the Depression year of 1931. On a city street corner in North Texas, a man dressed as Santa Claus suddenly leaves his post beside a large red pot labeled Help the Poor. Shivering with cold, he enters the newly opened building of the Panhandle Equity Bank and approaches the bank guard. Say, master, you mind if I stay in here a few minutes, warm up a little? I sure don't. I've been watching you through the window. Don't know how you stood it as long as you did. Oh, this Santa Claus outfit's pretty warm at first, but then the cold sort of creeps in on you. How long do they expect you to stand out in that? Oh, eight to two. Six hours, that's all. Well, it's uh, two o'clock right now. You can go home. Yeah, not till my relief man shows up, I can't. Can't leave till he gets here some money in a pot out there. Oh. Well, why don't you wait right in here till you see him? Well, I was hoping you'd say that, because I'm sure... Oh, there he is now. Just drove up in the car. 
Oh, he can't leave a car parked there in front of the bank. There's a time limit on parking. Well, I think he's just wondering why I'm not there. I better go out and... Oh, he sees me. He's coming in. Howdy. Howdy. Was wondering when you get here. God let me come in and warm up. I hope your Santa Claus suit is warmer than his. We'll be closed up by the time you need warming. I don't think I'll get very cold. I got a cold 45 in my pocket pointer right for your belly. Now, don't move. Oh, don't move, he said. Keep your hand away from your gun. You, you guys are pulling the stick up. No kidding. You figured that all out by yourself, stupid? Let's make it a nice, quiet stick up, huh? Just walk to the rear of the bank with us. Take us through the door to the money in the vault. Now, go on. You'll never get away with this. You just trying to track any attention. You never lived to know whether we're doing that. All right. Open that door. The girl by the desk has to open it. It's button control. Well, tell her you won't in. Uh, Miss Keene. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Lovett. Your Santa Claus friend's coming in with you? Yeah. We're so busy, I didn't even notice that something wrong, Mr. Lovett. You look kind of sick. You'd be more than sick if you let out one yell. They've got guns in their pockets, Miss Keene. <gasps> Watch your mouth, sister. Nobody else can see us now. Take his gun. I've got it. Now, sister, whether he lives or not is up to you, understand? What do you want me to do? Open the case of those money trays. Get to it. All right. You got the sack. Tell her what to put in it. And stuff it into your jacket when you're through. All right. And remember, sis, one yap and this jerk gets it. All right, all right. Go on. Come on, I stuff it in the sack. What are you going to do when you leave? Come on, fast. What do you mean? We'll give you a chance to get away. I mean, we won't yell or anything until you're gone. Honest. Oh, yeah, that's real nice of you. Maybe you ought to be wearing the Santa Claus suit instead of me. You think I'm going to fall for a pulley up, pulley One of the bank executives is heading back here. Oh, all right, all right. I'm almost through. As soon as I get it in my bed. Hey, what are you doing back here, Lovett? Why aren't you out front? Uh, these Santa Claus fellas, Mr. Peabody, just wanted to... Oh, what's the other one doing in the vault there? The scheme, what do... We can answer this question later. When and if he comes to. And congratulations on your self-control. You're liable to get medals for saving your own lives. All right, all right, let's go. I got all it. right, let's leave these people the quiet. Wait. Oh. Texas Ranger Jace Pearson, closest unit to the scene of the crime, was requested to investigate. The chief police gave me the general details. I'd like to get your story firsthand. Well, I I saw the guard take them through there, Ranger. And I, I went back to see why he was leaving his post on the bank floor, and that, that's when I got hit. You have any idea how big they were? No, I don't. I was too excited. I see. What's your name? Leon Peabody. I'm second vice president. Well, how about the girl, Miss Keene, and the guard, Lovett? Both of them were knocked out, too. Miss Keene finally came to, and we sent her home, but... They took Lovett to the hospital. He, he wasn't in good shape. Skull fracture? They don't know. Oh, how come you stayed around? That's a nasty bump you've got. <laughs> I feel it, too. Plenty. Ooh. But uh, I knew the police would need whatever information there is, so I stayed. Yeah, you better sit down. Oh, thanks. You think you could recognize either of the hold-up men? <laughs> Dressed the way they were? I'm afraid not. It's a cinch they chucked those Santa Claus suits right after they left here. I hope they left a few fingerprints. Mm, both of them were, were wearing gloves. Mm. You get a tally on how much they made off with. Yeah, we're, we're running a tape on it. We'll know in a couple of minutes. Mm. Men who pulled this job worked pretty smoothly. They seemed to know the setup behind the partitions there. 
Have any of your employees ever been in any trouble? Those men weren't employees of the bank. I know they weren't. But somebody inside could have supplied them with your new layout. Help them plan the job. Well, sir, all of our employees have been with us for at least a year, and we haven't taken on any new ones since we moved over here two months ago. Mm-hmm. Mr. Peabody. Uh, oh, yes, Donnelly. Is that the rundown? Yes, sir. 63,800. And we've got serial numbers on some of the larger bills. Good. That'll help if they try to pass any. I'll take a copy of that list. Police can alert the other banks and merchants. We'll get numbers out on the statewide and interstate. We may run down some more serial numbers when we cross-check deposits. That'll be fine. I think you ought to go home now, Mr. Peabody. We can reach you there if you're needed. Oh, thank you. I guess I shouldn't even think about myself, though. I'm a bachelor, but the God love it. He's got a wife and three children. Pretty rotten Christmas present for them if if he doesn't pull through. a call on Miss Keene, the girl who'd been slugged, but she was in a state of shock and hysteria. By nightfall, all possible angles had been checked, and we still didn't have a lead. My boss, Ranger Captain Stinson, flew in, and I met him at the airport and drove him to town. You talked to all the welfare agencies that have Santa Clauses stationed on the streets? Yeah, and every man they have checked out clean. It was a phony setup, Captain, even though one of the bandits spent the whole day right out in the corner outside the bank. Well, that was smart. Got the bank guard used to seeing him. Yeah. City police are checking to see if they can find out where the suits came from and who got them. Good idea. How's the bank guard doing? Love it. I checked the hospital. He's still out. No fracture, but they can't bring him around. He may have... KTXA to Unit 10. That's yours, Jason. Yeah. Unit 10. Go ahead, KTXA. City police report stolen car found in alley off Crockett Street between Maple and Lolly... Maybe car used in Panhandle Equity Bank robbery. Police chief requests your assistance. 10-4. Proceeding there immediately. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. KDXA, Austin. We better get there fast. This may be the break we need. Here it is, Rangers. Abandoned in the alley. Prowl car's spot didn't check the license on the stolen car list. When was it reported stolen, Chief? Early this morning, but the owner says it might have been missing since yesterday. He's been away. You check on him? Yep, he's clear. That's where he said he was. What makes you fellas think this is the car? Found this on the floor, under the seat. Big red button. Hmm. Off a Santa suit, all right. I'm going to climb in behind the wheel for a second. Ask one of the men in the prowl car to flash his light this way. Sure. Let's have a spotlight here, will you, boys? Okay, Chief. That do, Ranger? Yeah, that's fine. Have any of your men moved this rear vision mirror, Chief? Nope. How about this front seat? You slide it back to get that button you found? No, just saw it under there and reached in and got it. What are you trying to figure, Jase? The last fellow who drove this car was pretty big. About an inch or an inch and a half taller than I am. What makes you think so? Because the seat's all the way back where it would be for a tall driver. And I have to raise myself a bit to get a clear view through the rear vision mirror. Well, that's good thinking, Jess. Yeah, but maybe he didn't touch anything. Maybe he left the car just like it was when he stole it. I'll give odds against that. man who's getting away from a bank stick-up wants to know what's coming behind him. All roads.
roads out of the city had been under watch since the report of the robbery, so the men we were after figured to be close by. But all we knew was that one of them was about six foot three. In the morning, we made a routine check with police headquarters. Morning, Rangers. Morning, Chief. Morning, Chief. Your men come across anything? I'm just going to check through this report. Tells us the location of just about every Santa Claus suit in town. All of them belong to organizations, use them for their Christmas parties. Because once in a while, they let some private individual bomb a kid party or something, as if they put up deposit money. You got a list of the places that have loaned suits out, and who got them? That top paper. I was just starting to check it. You look if you like. Thanks. Looks like we might be adding a murder charge to the armed robbery, Captain. The bank guard dead? Not yet, but it looks bad. They're operating for a blood clot on the brain. He's, uh... Wait a minute. What is it, Jase? I think we've got a boy to talk to. Look at this list. Two suits borrowed from two different organizations, but both borrowed by the same man, Anthony Ross, 124 Pettigrosa Street. Say, that's worth looking into, Jase. Come on. Let's pick him up. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Christmas Present, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. The home of Anthony Ross at 124 Pettigrosa Street turned out to be a rundown shack on the outskirts of town. A small boy and girl, not dressed well enough against the cold, stopped playing with a mongrel dog as we drove up. They stared at us while we went up the rickety porch, the dog barking at our heels. It's all right, boy. It's all right. Take it easy. Good pup. There's a good... Yeah, what... Oh, Texas Rangers. You Anthony Ross? Yeah. We'd like to come in. Oh, sure. Annie, you and Jim take the dog in the back of the house and play there. Look at those suit boxes, Jase. Yeah, I see them. What do you want to see me about? We can start with those boxes on the table. What's in them? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Just just a couple of packages. That's all. They, they ain't mine. You better open them up, Jase. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait a minute. I, I, I tell you, they ain't mine. You got no right to... This go... search warrant says we have... Search warrant. Now look, now the, those things ain't stolen. They were rented. Mm-hmm. A couple of Santa suits, all right, Captain. And look, a button missing from the jacket of this one. I, I, I don't know what this is all about. Why, why are you? Coming Maybe we in can here? refresh your memory. The guard you slugged at the Panhandle Equity Bank isn't expected to live. What? Who was wearing the other suit, Ross? Who was your partner? What are you guys doing to me? I. I, I don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about the $63,000 stick-up you and somebody else pulled yesterday. And since you're about five foot ten, I can tell you that your partner's about 6'3". Rangers, you're making a mistake. I, I, I don't even know anything about a hold-up. The button missing from this suit was found in your getaway car, the one your partner drove. It wasn't me. I, I tell you, I, I didn't even know what kind of costumes were in them boxes. They ain't mine. And where'd you get them? Uh, I picked him up at, at, a, at a couple of places yesterday morning. You say you picked him up, and you're trying to tell us you don't know what's in the boxes. I, I picked him up for somebody else. They were rented out in your name. The woman ordered him in my name. What woman? 
the one who hired me to pick him up. That's a pretty phony story, Ross. Who was this woman you're talking about? What's her name? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know. You better come with us, Ross. No, 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 no. You, you got to listen to me. Please, please listen. You, you got to believe me. I, I, I was in town early yesterday morning. She, she come right up to me on the street. I, I was putting, pulling my, my kid's old wagon along trying to find some junk I might sell. You sure you don't want to think this story over before you go any further? She, she, she asked me if I wanted to earn a dollar running a couple of errands. I said, sure. A buck could give my kids a meal for a change. She asked me my name and address, and I told her, and then, then she told me to wait while, while she went into a booth and made some phone calls. When she come out, she sent me to two different clubs, told me there'd be costumes and packages. She had them left in my name to, to, to avoid confusion, she said. You didn't think that was funny? M- mister, all I could think about was earning that dollar. She, she'd give me money, deposit money for the costumes, and... And told me to come back and meet her with the stuff on that same corner. Where were you at two o'clock yesterday afternoon? I, I was looking around for a junk again for a couple hours after I delivered the packages. And then I, I guess at two o'clock, I, I was walking back home from town. It's a long walk to here in this weather. Cost of a bus ride will buy a loaf of bread for the kids you saw outside. Is that a crime? What's it to you if I walk my feet off to feed my kids? All right, Ross. That was a nice act. But there's a big hole in it. You say you delivered the Santa Claus suits to a woman you didn't know. But you've still got them. Yeah, I got them. They're going to mean a good Christmas. Uh, But you're not going to believe what I tell you. The woman came here last night, drove up in a car, woke me up. She, she, She said she was leaving town in a hurry. It didn't have time to take the costumes back yourself, and uh, and if I take them back, I, I could keep the deposits. Fifteen dollars each. Uh, but you're not going to believe that, are you? You better get your coat. Will you, will you give me a chance to ask one of the neighbors to watch out for my kids? I'm afraid you'll be gone too long for that. I'm sorry, but we'll have to take him into the juvenile home. Oh, I guess, I guess they'll get better care there than I've been able to give them. I'll get my coat. Ross, you been doing any painting around here? Painting? This place look like it ever saw paint. What made you ask that, Jase? I just noticed this inside the leg of this Santa Claus suit. Paint blob. Looks fresh. Well, how come it's inside the leg, not outside? I don't know. That's something we'll have to figure. This is the large size suit. Must have been worn by the big boy we're looking for. The captain and I did a job we hated, dropping the Ross kids off at the juvenile home. Sometimes it's the only thing to do. They cried for their father. Always make something inside you cry a little with them. We took Ross to the jail and locked him up. Well, that seems to be it, Rangers. By the time he comes up for trial, he should be ready to name his accomplice. That is, if we don't find him before then. I'd go along with that, Chief, if we'd found any money on him or in the house, even a few dollars. Uh, kids got under your skin, huh, Jason? They got under yours, too, Captain. You know it. 
Yeah. But we got to remember, that bank guard has kids, too. You got any late reports on him from the hospital? Man stationed there says the operation is over. Don't know how it's going to come out yet, though. You might as well go over there and check with the doctors, Jace. I got to get back to company headquarters. Do me a favor, then. You're heading toward Austin. Take the Santa outfits with you and have them sent on to the lab. Get an analysis of that paint in the trousers. Maybe some traces in the boots, too. Well, how come the boots? Uh, they're made to go on over regular shoes. I figured that paint stain on the inside of the pants came from a blob of paint on the shoe of the man who put them on. I see. All right, Jace, you want to know the content of the paint and see if Lab can run down the source, is that it? Yeah. You were uh, working up to some kind of a lead? Maybe. A few things I'm trying to fit together. Maybe they won't fit. If they do, though, you'll hear from me. <laughs> the hospital and checked with the doctors. The outcome was still in doubt. The guard's wife was there, face twisted with worry and fear. There was nothing I could do to help. I got some sleep. Then in the morning, I went back to see the police chief. Oh, Ranger, I'm glad you dropped in. I just had a long distance call from your lab headquarters at Austin. Report on that paint. Mm -hmm. Here, I wrote it all down. Paint is manufactured right here in town. Brand name is Light Glow. Light Glow, huh? Mm -hmm. Can you get a list of local painting contractors who use it? Well, I reckon just about all of them do. It's good paint, and this wouldn't hardly be Texas if we didn't deal with a local outfit, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Thanks a lot. I'll see you later. Where are you going? Over to the Panhandle Equity Bank. <laughs> Mr. Peabody, do you know who painted this bank before you opened? Well, uh, there was a contract for the building, included the painting. I guess that was done on a subcontract. Can you find out from the contractor? Sure, but do you mind my asking why? I told you the day of the robbery. Everything was too well planned. Like the men who did it knew the inside of the bank. Yes, I remember you saying that. You think the painters may have? Uh, that's what I think. But uh, why not some of the construction men? I've got a reason for being interested in painters. Check it for me, will you? He checked. Contractor gave the name of the painters. Two men, Eddie West and Martin Poggin. They'd been working the day of the robbery, he said, at a house on the north side of town. I went out to the house to see the owner. Well, yes, Ranger. They worked here all day that day. I remember we heard the report of the robbery on the radio. They were both here all day? Yes. Didn't even go out to eat? Had their lunches with them. Hmm, kind of smelly when the house gets painted. Most women usually get out of the way. I wanted to watch them. So I was here every minute to see they didn't get sloppy. I like things neat. I see. Well, thanks, ma'am. I'm sorry I bothered you. Uh, why are you asking about them, Ranger? Nothing important. Not as long as you say they were here. Goodbye, ma'am. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, then. Same to you, Ranger. Merry Christmas. <laughs> She was the alibi for Eddie West and Martin Poggin. But she was too nervous about answering a few simple questions. Nervous enough to make me wonder. I went back to the jail, got Anthony Ross out of my custody, and drove him to the north side of town. All right, get out, Ross. We're going in here for a minute. Why? What are you trying to frame now? I just want you to meet somebody. Well, back again, Ranger. I thought we'd... That, that's her. 
Ranger, that's the woman. Who is he? Who is this man? You ought to remember me, lady. My kids are in juvenile home on account of you, and I've been in jail. I never saw you before in my whole life. Tell him the truth. Tell him before I... Hold it, Ross. Take him away from here. Go away, both of you. Ranger, I got those costumes for her. For her. You're a liar, a liar. That word fits somebody, all right. Can I come in and have a look around, ma'am? What for? What do you want? I want to check over the painting job to see if it's just new painting or if there's some new plaster under it someplace. You can't come in. You have no right. The boys you're alibying for must have come back here after they cracked the bank. Because you must have picked them up in your car after they ditched the one they're using. I don't know what you're talking about. They wouldn't carry the money on them. Did they cover it up here, safe under fresh plaster and paint until it cools no. off? No! No! I can call for a search warrant and wait till the crew comes and tears this place apart. It'll go better for you if you don't try to cover it. The money isn't here. Well, come on, come on. Where is it? It's... It's here, all right. In that wall. Behind the picture. Come on, Ross. Now, which one's your boyfriend? Hogan or West? Eddie. West. He said we'd get married. Go to Europe next year. You'll all go someplace next year, but it won't be Europe. West about six foot three? Yes. How did you know? I got an early Christmas present. Somebody sent me a crystal ball. As soon as I call the police and dig out that bank money, you're coming with us. Ranger, uh, I'm clear now, ain't I? Looks that way, Ross, but you'll have to go back to jail for a while and be checked out by the local police. That won't take any longer than it'll take me to pick up Eddie West and Martin Poggin. I made my call, then took West's girlfriend and Anthony Ross back to jail. Poggin and West were playing it smart working right up to Christmas Eve like a couple of house painters would be doing. I found out where they were working, a loft of a warehouse. Local police covered the building while I went in. Eddie, who's that? Who came in? Probably the watchman. Watch out for those paint cans. Don't worry. I see them. That ain't the watchman's voice, Eddie. Come out of the shadows where we can see you. I'm coming. But seeing me isn't going to make you happy. Eddie, Eddie, it's a Texas Ranger. Shut up, Hogan. I got my gun. Howdy, Ranger. Something you want? Yeah. I want the two men who robbed the Panhandle Equity Bank. Eddie. Shut up. What would we know about that, Ranger? Come down off that scaffold and I'll tell you. Okay. Marty, low away. Too bad you aren't working in a place with a phone. Your girlfriend could have warned you earlier. And if he knows, I'll get him. Keep your hands away. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm bleeding. I just nicked you when you tried to dig for that gun in your pocket. You're not hurt. We didn't do nothing, Ranger. Somebody should have told you that the real Santa Claus gives. He doesn't take. Get up and try this present I've got for you. A pair of handcuffs. Well, that winds it up for sure, Ranger. Didn't turn out too bad either. Just heard from the hospital. Guard passed the crisis. He's going to be all right. You couldn't have better news, Chief. Just in time, too. It's getting dark. Christmas Eve. You let Anthony Ross go? Mm-hmm, about ten minutes ago. He didn't seem too happy, though, like, just like he didn't care. What with his kids in the juvenile home and everything. 
Judge mightn't even release him if he can't care for him. Mm. Ross didn't have a dime, not even bus fare. It'd take him a couple hours to walk home. Oh, why didn't I think? Well, maybe it's just as well that way. Let me call the judge. And Mr. Peabody, the bank vice president. Mm -hmm. Stores Uh, will be open late, won't they? Sure, sure. Why? It'll take Ross a long time to get to his house. Maybe we can get some of your boys to help us and change his mind about Christmas. Starting next week at the Panhandle Equity Bank. Just go in and see Mr. Peabody after the holiday. Meanwhile, he sent you a little cash in this envelope. (laughs) Sort of a Christmas bonus, just like the rest of the employees get. We have to be going. Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas, Rose. (laughs) Merry Christmas, fellas. Merry Christmas. And God bless you. Thanks. God bless you. On behalf of all of us on Tales of the Texas Rangers, this is Joel McRae wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Shepard Menken, Jim Nusser, Virginia Gregg, Victor Rodman, and Byron Kane. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.